Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. Here we are, born to be kings. We're the drinkers of the universe. Okay, it's a scotch episode, and we're talking about the Highlands region today. So forgive the movie reference. So this is one of the largest regions of scotch making with tons of distilleries. And there can be more than one. So why don't we get right to it and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Casey Price will not be with us tonight. He had a bit of a day at the uh, craft <laughs> bash in Louisville. You know, I had completely forgotten that was going on this weekend until I was talking with someone and they were like, uh, the uh, brewer in town, they're like, yeah, we're going to craft bash. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is going to affect planning. Yeah, so uh, back to the three of us winging it out here, just uh, doing what we can while the professional amongst us, the the <laughs> TV personality. Oh yeah. Sorry uh, uh, for the audio listeners. I just heard three of us, and I started doing the the three amigos salute. Uh, not the caballeros. <laughs> no, uh, well, I don't think they had a salute. They may have. I don't know. <laughs> I'm unaware, oh. but that came up. I was listening. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> we 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 got a we got a show to do. Yeah, that's too much of a tangent. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Every time we do that, I I do, I do the same thing, and it's well, yeah, it's... Dr- it's drink scotch right as I hear down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Uh. I wanted to find something else, but I, I was just like, ooh, I was like, I know there's got to be like a, a kitschy Highlands, you know, funny reference from some movie or something. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't come to the top of my head. So. No, but I know what we're doing for, for uh, Isla, so it's fine. Okay. I, uh, I am, though, very disappointed in myself that we didn't take something from train spotting when we did Lowlands. <laughs> Like, why? Mm. Well, oh, pardon. Uh, start out with a little differently this time. Uh, the bit from a Robert Burns song. Uh, farewell to the... And I'm not saying this. I don't know the... Imagine the, there's the, a Scottish accent. 
Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm not even going to attempt to do one of those. Uh, farewell to the Highlands, farewell to the North, birthplace of valor, the country of worth. Wherever I wander, wherever I rove, the hills of the Highlands, forever I love. Uh, heart's in the Highlands, my heart's not here. My heart's in the Highlands, a chasing the deer. Chasing the wild deer and following the roe, my heart's in the Highlands, wherever I go. Farewell to the mountains, high covered with snow. Farewell to the straits and green valleys below. Farewell to the forests and wild hanging woods. Farewell to the torrents and loud pouring floods. Farewell to the highlands. Uh, sorry, my heart's... Uh, that's from My Heart's in the Highlands. I thought there was another line of... Just... Just... Goes on. Inventing lines. Well, it... I mean, it, you'd repeat the chorus, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, uh, the Highlands is the most complicated of all the Scotch, Scotch regions to describe, precisely for the fact that it's so physically large and geographically uneven, uh, <laughs> which makes for variety. The spice of Scotch, I mean life. Uh, the spice of single malt. <laughs> single malt is the spice of life. Uh, uh, preach. <laughs> Amen. That's, we need a shirt that says that. <laughs> Single malt is the spice of life. <laughs> or you know, it needs to be like a, one of those uh, eat, pray, love boards, like in that kind of script. It just says, uh, uh, like, you know, like a, over a spice rack, and it's literally just bottles of scotch, the spice of life. <laughs> I'll work on that. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, uh, single malt whiskeys from uh, distilleries in the Highlands cling uh, uh, cling more to sub-regional molds uh, than to an overall profile for an entire region, which is only complicated further by the tradi- uh, traditional inclusion of the islands. Another small group of island distilleries uh, off the west and southern, uh, sorry, west and northern Scottish coast that excludes one major island in the form of Isla, which is considered its own region. And you know what? We'll just cover all the islands together. It seems it seems safe. We'll do that later in the year. <laughs> uh, with the varied terrain and subregions uh, of this region, the Scotch episode this uh, this Scotch episode is going to play out a bit more like a wine episode. No, not the Robert Mandalvi episode because uh, you know. No, I don't know if there's a lot of Scotch uh, distilling mothers who are like slapping their. The children for betraying the family. I say that's a, that's a Netflix movie. We're not even getting into there. God. Uh, uh, but imagine that uh, the that uh, imagine that story in a Highland setting with Scottish accents. Yeah, that would be pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, we are going to retread some familiar ground uh, since we've covered a bit of the history from different angles and Speyside and Lowlands. But please bear with us as we dive into the uh, amazing British tax history. Which really is at the crux of Scottish <laughs> Scotch production, I feel. Yeah, it's just I, a yeah. That's so researching. It was like you know, we're just going to say the same thing that's been said three times, but just from a different angle, less of a, I want to say almost less of a demonizing angle when it comes to mm. the Highlands because they kind of benefited. Yeah, well, I mean, it is kind of like a. a it is, I guess, uh, British taxes uh, end up being very key moments for areas they they held dominion over. 
sometimes uh, you get a, a sort of shatter point event of different scotches sort of popping up. Sometimes people get upset, dump tea in the ocean, <laughs> and... Uh, and now that entire nation just drinks a crap ton of coffee. Yeah. Uh, which can't be good for it. Uh, well, uh, in Scottish geography, the Highlands refers to that part of uh, Scotland northwest of the Highland Boundary Fault, which crosses the main uh, mainline Scotland in a near straight line from Hellesburg to Stonehaven. In turn, the Highlands can be div- divided into four subregions: the Northern Highlands, the Southern Highlands, the Western Highlands, and the Eastern Highlands. I know. Surprising. Cardinal directions. Yeah. Uh, uh, the distinction between the Highlands and the Lowlands, uh, 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 although there is some geological and geographic basis for it, is rooted in political and administrative issues. Uh, for Great Britain, uh, the defining political issue of the 18th century was a never-ending war with France. Uh, from Louis XIV to revolutionary France to Napoleonic imperialism, uh, London found itself lo- locked into in an existential conflict with its neighbor across the English Channel. I have been finishing up a uh, biography on Napoleon, and uh, it it yeah, I was like mm, too close. <laughs> it's so I don't I don't think I don't think London could have like they couldn't have existed pre 19th century if it hadn't been if they hadn't had you know that immortal enemy in the french <laughs> yeah something they could uh oh god it's just but like, also, i just imagine it's like fairly odd parents you know the dinkelberg mm-hmm. uh well <laughs> i mean there there are different reasons louis the 14th kind of a dick uh oh oh you imagine yeah, there's someone who says I am the state. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a very firm, grounded idea of himself. Uh, and then revolutionary France happens, and uh, everywhere that has a monarchy goes. Mm-mm, not on my watch. <laughs> uh, revolutionary and, France happens, and uh, heads be rolling. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, well, and then uh, uh, the. Every country in Europe at that time suddenly realizes uh, what a modern national army would look like, because France builds one and goes, "What if, what if everyone's a soldier? Not like four thousand guys. What if it's like forty thousand guys? Oh, then we could, we could send wave after wave of our own men at them. We can. <laughs> Turns out there's a lot of us." Uh, which uh, leads to some. Most of Britain's fighting with France tended to be mostly economic. Yeah. By that point, it's like, oh, what if we just make sure they can't buy things? That'll work, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, wars are expensive. That's kind of the the yeah what we're getting to. So wars very expensive, uh, and the war with France became more urgent. So did the need for tax revenue. Roughly half the cost of the wars with France was funded by various excise taxes, including taxes on malted barley and distillery capacity. I think we covered this in a couple of our episodes before. This is going to be yeah. the same thing painted in a different light. So the Wash Act of seventeen eighty four. If everyone remembers, check recheck your notes. 
uh, and Distillers Act of 1786 had for the first time drawn a precise geographic line between the highlands and the lowlands. The latter introduced a licensing system for distilleries and raised duties in Scotland to English <laughs> levels. <Duties. laughs> the highlands Sorry. the highlands had a lower tax of 1.1 pounds sterling per gallon of capacity per year, but they were limited to one tiny still per distillery, not to exceed 40 gallons in size. Only locally grown barley could be used, and any whiskey produced had to be consumed in the local district. Yeah, but but if your district is the Highlands, that district's big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not small. No, no, no. I, oh, it just dawned on me. I should have got something from that reread reboot of Futurama when they're on the... Uh, the Scottish planet, and they're drinking <laughs> aquariums of whiskey. <laughs> like it's literally ten gallon aquariums with handles on them. That's right. That seems about the right dosage. <laughs> this is so we dram. We dram. Oh, that's I can't hear we dram without picturing uh, uh, that episode of Three Sheets where they're in Scotland. Not a we dram. Oh, it's a wee dram. That's a wee dram. Oh, yeah, just a wee dram. <laughs> In addition, the number of distilleries was reduced to two per parish. Uh, you know, you they they, they, they did something like this uh, in America uh, around a similar time, and uh, they had to march out the army. <laughs> oh. Uh, from a practical standpoint, it was difficult to enforce these regulations in the remote highlands. You don't say. There are some parts <laughs> of the highlands you still, like, you cannot reach from with I, a vehicle. We, we've discussed how Scotland and, uh, you know, the Appalachian Mountains are, were, were once one and the same. Yeah. The mentality is very, and, you know, people immigrated from one to the other a lot. Uh, the mentality is also very similar, I like <laughs> yeah. to imagine, where it's the... the here are your rules about how much you can produce. And you hear whatever the Scottish equivalent in their head of, just a good old boys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 driving, the, uh, driving the William Wallace over, uh, uh, over hay bales, honking a horn that's playing bagpipes. The Bruce. The Bruce, that's a better one, yeah. We'll just call it the Bruce. Can can we make Scottish Dukes of Hazard? Can that be? I I feel like we could pitch pitch this, and someone's gonna pick us up on it. No, I mean, yeah, Dukes of Aberdeenshire. <laughs> you know what? I, I bet that's a TikTok thing already. No, they, you know what the uh, so that's two on the nose. How about the the Earls of Aberdeenshire? <laughs> okay, uh, I'm liking this. <laughs> Still have Waylon Jennings give out the. Uh... <laughs> Come on, so I hope someone's taking notes down. We just want some royalties <laughs> off this. Oh, Lord. All right, so yeah, from a practical standpoint, it was difficult to enforce these regulations in the remote highlands. Illicit distillation was rampant. <laughs> you don't say. But most of the whiskey produced was consumed locally. You don't say. <laughs> 
uh, it's, it's, it's what Scots do. It's what they crave. At, at writing this, I would just, we'll get to a section and I'll, I'll come back in with more. But I was just like, I, I was up late working on this and most of it was just me kind of daydreaming off, slipping back in to the Highlands. Like, I remember I was there. <laughs> Faint bagpipes bleed into my mind. <laughs> so I'm picturing a nom flashback, but with bagpipes. It's like Fortunate Son on bagpipes. <laughs> I can hear Ian fighting himself in the shower. <laughs> oh, Lordy. All right. Uh, but most of the whiskey produced was consumed locally. There was some active smuggling into the larger Scottish cities. But little of this whiskey made it to England in any appreciable quantities. That's a difference from uh, the uh, space side, I believe it was uh, the Lowlands. Because- Lowlands, where where like the Queen was like, no, we keep a couple of these under the coach at all times. There's some some rectifying was going on in the Lowlands. Let's let's address this. <laughs> the duty was assessed at two point ten pounds sterling per gallon, a capacity per year. The act also imposed a duty of two shillings per gallon on spirits exported to England. The duty was increased by six pence in 1788. The duty on stills was subsequently increased to three pounds sterling per gallon of capacity. In 1793, that duty was tripled to nine pounds sterling and doubled again to eight pa- 18 pounds sterling in 1795. They just kept like ratcheting that baby up for the lowlands. Uh, this was tripled again to 54 pounds sterling in 1797, doubled again to 108 pounds sterling in 1800. We thought inflation you, was bad now. <laughs> you know, I I used to, th- like, when, when last time Scotland tried to get independence, I was like, you know what, but I mean, how bad could how bad could everything be? And I'm hearing this like, you know what, no. Like I'm 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 there. I'm on the front lines now. <laughs> the 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 Scottish, you know, that well, the People's Republic of Scotland is going to start forming. <laughs> well, uh, in 1803, the rate was raised yet again to 162 pounds sterling per gallon of capacity. Between 1786 and 1803, a span of 17 years, the duties on stills had increased by a factor of more than 77 times. This is the appropriate time to form the SRA, the Scottish Republican <laughs> Army. Oh, the cumulative effect of these increases in taxation was the virtual bankruptcy of the Scotch whiskey industry in the Lowlands. It also resulted in the development of what were, in effect, two different Scotch industries, the Highlands and the Lowlands. Burdened by excessive taxations, the Lowland distillers became mass producers of low quality whiskey. The product was virtually undrinkable and most was exported to England. Kind of tells you what the <laughs> that's their thought. that's their punishment. Yeah. <laughs> you caused this. Where it was rectified and transformed into gin to satisfy London's eighteenth century gin craze. And we have talked about that a lot in the Lowlands episode. We have, but every time I hear it, I have never come closer to flipping my entire desk over in anger. <laughs> Rectifying whiskey into gin. You monsters. Yeah, they were. <laughs> well, yeah, they're the British Empire. That's what they do. They're Anytime I think, man, America's the worst, I have to remember that England setting 
setting that standard for a long time. <laughs> oh, it always, it's, 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 these are their antiquities now. What is it? The the memes that are always like, oh, the Dutch in European politics, the Dutch in the Congo, and it's like that. Uh, Tom, Belgium. Belgium. It's that Tom's the Tank Engine as though he went into the warp and he's got like tentacles <laughs> and horns and. It's it's Thomas the it's a uh, it's Thomas the Tank Engine uh, uh, servant of corn. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Thomas shouting blood for the blood god. Yeah. I remember that episode of Thomas. <laughs> that was when George Carlin was voicing it. <laughs> and that's when Thomas said blood for the blood god and ran over all the members of. All right, uh, the Highland whiskey producers, safe to ignore the tax authorities, focused instead on producing a quality whiskey to feed the demand in Scotland's cities. Until roughly the mid-19th century, Highland whiskey was considered vastly superior to lowland whiskey. That's why the first Scotch whiskey boom began with Highland whiskeys rather than the easily accessible volume producers in the lowlands. All right. Those cardinal directions. The Eastern Highlands. So, uh, sandwiched between the Speyside region and the North Sea, whiskeys here range from dry to sweet-ish, and from herbal to very fruity. Those, the distinctive sweet-ish element, (laughs) I'm like trying not to, yeah, Uh, and exotic spice notes could easily be mistaken for a malt from the neighboring Speyside. Michael Jackson, you know, that one. Uh, attributed the fruity qualities to the geology of the region. I was going to say, drinking, not hee-hee. Yes. Uh, examples from the region include... Um, oh, Edrador. Edrador, the smallest distillery in Scotland. And this is where I was going to be like, oh yeah, because we spent... When I was in the Highlands, we stayed basically there uh, in Pit Lockery, where the distillery is, and we got to drive past it. And then this, like, outside of, you know, our campfires in a bottle, scotches <laughs> that we love. While we were there, we were introduced to Edredor, and the only thing they export, because it's such a small distillery, and you can get their stuff here, but it's just they, the one, so it's just like the base, that's it. And there we were getting all these cask finishes and delicious, <laughs> delicious things. And then I get back here and I just want to weep because I can't find it. There's no accessing it. They do not export it, period. That's a shame. If you want it, you have to go to Scotland. And even in Scotland, it's hard to get. We had to go to the uh, Scotch Whiskey Experience in Edinburgh, which is run by the Scotch Whiskey Association, to get it. See, I think for the same amount of money... We could plan a a group Disney trip. We could plan a group Scotland trip. Maybe. <laughs> I'm. It's more of a joke about Disney being expensive, but. I was gonna say. Oh, no. uh, we just priced ours out. Um, not cheap. I think Although our, better than what it would have been. I think the weeks, a week in the two bedroom suite that we're looking to split with uh, the prices. Is going to be is like it's just over four grand for the week. That's just for the rooms. Oh, god! 
I could I could go into the how I'm justifying it very much so. <laughs> you have children. That's fine. I I don't have cell. I, I don't have kidneys to spare. I need them. Yeah. Well, anywho, so uh, Endredor and Royal Lochnagar is how I'm saying that. The founding of Royal Lochnagars was a tumultuous affair. It was a pretty rough time in the Highlands. 1823, James Robertson founded and constructed a distillery close to the modern-day site. In 1826, the distillery was burnt down by competitors, <laughs> but Robertson, undeterred, decided to rebuild the distillery, this time next to Lochnagar Mountain. But upon completion, this distillery was also burnt down by competitors. <laughs> He built a third distillery. That one was struck by lightning, burned down, and fell into a swamp. But the fourth one, the fourth one stayed. Uh, yeah. Well, it turned out to be the third time's the charm. Um, so, in 1845, a, a new distillery, New Lochnagar, was built by John Begg on the shores of the River Dee. New, new Lochnagar. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is now considered the opening of Royal Lochnagar. In 1848, <laughs> uh, in 1848, the distillery was granted a royal warrant by Queen Victoria and subsequently changed its name to Royal Lochnagar. When the Queen stayed in summer at the close by uh, Bal- Balmora. Balmora Castle, uh, she loved to take a short ride to the distillery for a break in her duties. And who You're wondering how I knew the name of Balmora. I have watched an absurd amount of The Crown. I say that's uh, the the Highlands home for the monarchy. Mm-hmm. God, and you have to imagine like they're out there, like, oh, look how nice it is to rough it out here at our castle, and everyone nearby is going, oh, it's a living. <laughs> yeah. How uh, do you know it's a royal? Has got shit all over shit it. Shit all over it. <laughs> God, I want to watch that movie again tonight. <laughs> all right, the distillery stayed in the Begg family when John Begg passed away with his son Henry taking over operations in 1882. When Henry passed away in 1896, his children decided to rebuild the distillery. So there is the fourth one. Yeah, that's the fourth wording. one stayed. stayed. Uh, in 1916, the distillery passed out of the family's hands when John Dewar and Sons acquired it. Oh, the Dewars. Uh, I, it, I left it out of the script, but uh, in all my research for this, it's some some painful there, facts. It's like less than twenty percent of distilleries, and or less than twenty percent of whiskey made in Scotland is owned by Scots. Yeah, wow, and that seems about right. Doers, it's like there are three companies that own basically all the Scotch distilleries. There's a handful of family-owned ones that have gotten big and are still kicking it. But they're usually like the real remote ones. Hmm. Ah, and and also, Dewar's kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, John Dewar's became part of DCL in 1925, and then in 1930, the administration of the site was passed to Scottish Malt Distillers. In 1963, the distillery underwent a major reconstruction following the SMD and Diageo merge. Diageo gained ownership of Royal Lochnagar. Under Diageo, Royal Lochnagar, the distillery has continued to thrive. Uh, Royal Lochnagar has a very unusual feature. 
a duty-paid warehouse. This exists on the site because Royal Lochnagar is home to Diageo's Malt Advocacy or Advocate Academy, which is where the company's employees are trained on the different kinds of whiskey. This, the distillery mm. still feels, fills its casks on site, which is less usual today. All of the warehouses at the site are traditional dunnage ones, complete with earthen floors. The distillery uses a combination of oak, sherry, and muscat casks. And I know we're, we're generally against large corporations owning all of the things on the show, you know, like Diageo or ABM Bev or, yeah. you know. Bernard. However... However, I'd like to be. <laughs> I'd like to go to the, the, the Malt Academy. Academy. Yeah, yeah. How do I get hired by Diageo? Yeah. I'll I'll work for the devil, for for whiskey and money. Go do some summer courses at the Malt Advocate Academy. It's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> what are you willing to sell your soul for? Money and whiskey. That's <laughs> that's about it. Oh, and this is this is very appropriate that I have this section. Uh, we'll get to that and what we're drinking. Uh, the Western Highlands. Uh, Western Highland whiskeys are full and pungent, <laughs> the notable, uh, with a notable tone of peat and smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Peaty smoke. The good stuff. Uh, at times, it's to be accompanied by pronounced sweet sherry notes. Uh, and wood spice, creating a satisfying, sweet, smoky flavor. Uh, some Western Highland malts uh, approach their Isla, their Isla cousins with uh, an intensity of their peated expressions and their distinctive uh, marine elements. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get into this until like when we get to what we're drinking. I am drinking a Western Isla, uh, Western Highland. That I'll, I'll say that. And I'll discuss. Never mind. It's in the. I I looked a couple sentences down. It's in what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, far north, uh, uh, far north, northwest is the only sizable stretch of the uh, country with no whiskey mas- makers. It's just too rugged and rocky. Uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna get. We're gonna get. I'm gonna get made fun of for this. Glen Glengoin? 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 Uh, uh, and Oban are two well-known brands from this re- region. Some fun facts. <laughs> Oban, established in uh, 1794, was built uh, before the town of the name, uh, with the same name, uh, which sprung up later in the surrounding Craggy Harbor. Also, has never moved or expanded in over 200 years. <laughs> there is only one pot still and one wash still at Oban Distillery. Uh, today, the distillery's seven operators churn out over a million bottles. Wow. That is some that is some overtime. That's yeah. When I when I came across, I was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I was just like this. Like in two hundred years, the the entire life of the distillery. It was a brewery first. It was a brewery for like its first year, and then they said screw beer and went to making whiskey. But it's like, it's, wait, 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 wait. they they did one step. Why not go further? Yeah. And it's that's just crazy. To, even with the, I mean, you think Oban, and you're like that. Oh, it's got to be like they've got to have a massive facility just cranking it out. No, <laughs> it's seven people. So I grabbed uh, uh, first time I had Oban. Uh, I w- we were doing our our 
you know, I was hanging out with some of the guys on Ritual Misery online and uh, whoever they, you know, some of they had on their show, and we had they, you know, like oh, we're drinking Oban, and I have, you know, I had been, I'd gone from blended Scotch uh, to single malts to specifically Isla Scotch. And they're like, have you had Oban? I was like, I have not, but I'll, I'll get some. And it's a little, you know, it is a bit pricey. Uh, but I grabbed it and I was drinking. It's like, oh, this is, oh, this is wonderful. And I, reading this, I was like, oh, apparently because the Western is also kind of like, eh, I was not that bad. What so, if we do it kind of like that? And I'm like, okay. That, that explains that transition of going like, this still has everything I'm looking for. So if you look at the all the subregions on a map it the subregions of the highlands all exist in these between spaces between the actual regions and all those mm-hmm. you know all these subregions of the highlands really just become an amalgamation of spaceside and whatever other region towards that direction on the compass like they start well, and- blurring the lines as you stretch them between. And that makes sense because it's it's so big. It's it's getting influences from you know the other sections as they're kind of yeah. commingling. But Jesus, a million bottles from seven seven operators. Yeah, that's a, seven operators cranking out a million bottles. Like okay, uh, and that I don't know if that number is correct because uh, I don't remember which one of my sources that came from. But if that came from the Michael Jackson book uh, might be a little old yeah that book's from the 70s well they they do update editions and they they okay. they had done one in the last because if you got the same one did you like did you get it like a, like an amazon like for a kindle version yeah, or something? A kindle oh. version. that that has been updated recently because i remember reading okay. the forward of that so it's it's within the last 10 years okay well uh speaking of subregions of the highlands uh, let's do right. the Northern Highlands is a geographically clear cut region, which runs from Inverness straight up the last stretch of the East coast. The region's water commonly runs over sandstone and there's a gentle maritime influence. Northern Highlands whiskeys are full bodied, sweet and rich. These malts show distinctive cereal aromas along with fruit and nutty notes. Distilleries such as Glen Marangi, and the Dalmore exemplify this region. So uh, if then these, if you didn't catch on already, I picked one of the, the big namesakes and a little bit about them. So the legend of the Dalmore the dates back to 1263. Again, this is a legend. Uh, when Colin Kintail, uh, chief of Clan Mackenzie, saved King Alexander III of Scotland from a charging stag. As a reward, the Grateful King granted Colin and Kintail the lands of Island Donan, the motto Lucio non Uro, which translates to I shine, not burn, and the right <laughs> to use the 12 pointed royal stag as the Mackenzie clan crest. In eight, well, by 1867, uh, two descendants of the clan purchased the distillery. And slapped the stag on every single bottle since. <laughs> the distillery had existed for, uh, I can't remember how long before this. It was like 60 to 80 years. And, you know, two of them bought it and they said, hey, guess what? We got this B 
bitching clan crest. Let's put it on there. I mean, if if your family has a good coat of arms, you use it. Yeah. There's my mom's side of the family I know has a coat of arms. It is not good. <laughs> There's like acorns and stuff. I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> I'd have to look mine up again. I can't. It didn't leave an impression. I just, I uh, I like our tartan. So, some yellows and oranges and greens. It's real nice fall festive. I I, I was looking up uh, uh, if there were, were Scottish clans of my name. <laughs> Last but not least, <laughs> uh, southern but not southern enough to be lowlands. So Southern Highland whiskeys are slightly lighter, drier, and distinctly fruity. The style has more in common with lowland malts uh, than it do- than its more robust northern cousins. The choice of cask finishing will introduce a broader range of aromas and flavors than is typical for the region. See, I like that when they're just like, look, if you're coming this close to the lowlands, cask finish that. <laughs> because what did we learn when we hit the lowlands? Uh, everything, like the biggest names, are all cask finishes. Mm. Yeah. Because the, how do we say the Aachen? Oh, geez. Aachen Toshin. Yeah. We both look uh, over turn at, the and look at the bottle. <laughs> Wait, what? But like most of what they do is all like cask finishes or, you know, something like that. And it's like, yeah, and this is agreeing. It's like, hey, look, if you're, if you're, dabbling down this low you're gonna have to do something to it (laughs) yeah uh is it aberfeldy is that how you say that i believe okay it's like it's not gonna be look i can't do it's a bit now that we can't say any scotch distillery properly and i i constantly get flack about it (laughs) from jim somewhere jim is like oh god uh, Aber- Look, he knew he knew what happened when when the intro said scotch. He <laughs> yeah. He he took he took his blood pressure medicine. Well, uh, and, uh carved out the number of times he's going to have to hit us when we see him next. So uh, so, so this one stands out. First planned in 1896 by the sons of John Dewar. Dewar's Aberfeldy Distillery is the only Scotch whiskey distillery built by the Dewar family. Dewar's was already Probably a highly sucks. <laughs> it was already a highly successful brand of blended whiskey, renowned for its quality, and the company mm. needed more single malt whiskey to use in its blend. <laughs> so they're like, we're oh. gonna make a distillery, whatever. Oh, for for its quality. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, Dewar's was like an early Scotch I had tried and did not care for. I have not tried to revisit it. Perhaps I would be more more appreciative of it, but it's also like, I don't think I've ever had any. Maybe we need to do a doers episode. Do we it. do. I mean, I've, I got. I'm. I'm down to revise my opinion. It's just funny for the joke right now. And I, I decided to throw in. I was looking for good Scotch quotes. There's a lot of just whiskey in general quotes, but I found this one. I did not realize this is. These are his uh, supposed last words of the Bogue of Humphrey Bogart. I should have. I never. I should never have switched from Scotch to martinis. Yeah, it's true. That's just like a life good life. Lesson. Yeah, that's like good life advice. Words. You want famous last words? There you go. I guess there's some contention around if that's whether you know if that's true. Those were his last words. There was also a great uh, Churchill quote that was just whiskey. Uh, it was something. Uh, 
I can't remember. It was like something to drink the water. They had to uh, cut it with whiskey, and through uh, through pure perseverance, he managed to uh, get it all down. Did so. Um, that reminds me. Um, the 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 whiskey tribe uh, had a video where they had a uh, 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 frequent guest on the politics 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 uh, channel, uh, Andrew Heaton. They had him on, and they were going to drink like Churchill. Have you seen this? No. Oh, they 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 drink Churchill's alleged drink menu, <laughs> and like and and had that many cigars. Jesus. And I would have puked. Oh my God! They're like, how was this man functional? There's a reason Churchill woke up late every day, and there's a reason. <laughs> uh, there's a reason. Uh, 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 Certain things had to be read back to him the following morning. Uh. By the by, the end of the day, there were there were people who were like, "This man is running the country. He it. I don't know if we should take every order he gives uh, past, uh, let's say, ten o'clock." <laughs> Credence. Day, a good day drunk on on the daily. Y- y- when you start your day off with, because uh, uh, like, he would drink uh, uh, scotch and sodas all day. Wow. Like just like tall Collins glasses of scotch and soda water, just just to keep the buzz going throughout the day. Well, and crap, three bottles of champagne, and yeah, it's mm. Jesus. All right, well, uh, that's what Churchill was drinking. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Drink with me, friend. Church, Churchill was drinking uh, colonial oppression is what he was drinking. <laughs> oh. Uh, you too needed a needed a re-up? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, you know, we're going to do a post show. I need to I need to top off. It doesn't look like I've got the blur on, so let me try to show the Yeah, you turn the blur off. No, it's okay. it's not. 14's a good year. Uh the Cardu. Nice. Single malt, 14 year. This was uh, part of a special series. I can't remember the name of the series. And um, uh, what did Casey looked this up in our group for the Lagavulin in this series? And it was, oh God, well, it was like absurd for a case. And a case was three. Oh, months. oh, yeah. Because he found uh, like how much it was, it like, like how much something like that cost at Costco or something? It was, it was the, uh, the wholesale. Price. Yeah. So if you're which, you're just a buyer, what it costs you to procure it. And which which by the way, Casey took me to Costco recently into their liquor store, which I apparently can purchase things from. Oh, yeah, and I'm gonna have, have to start going to Costco occasionally. You don't have for, to have membership uh, to go to the liquor store. Or I mean, admit, I won't have to fight that 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 crazy parking lot, but I'll go into that liquor store and just be like, all right, here's you know six gallons of. <laughs> Of Lagavulin for a buck fifty. Yeah, you, you can't be prices. Uh, full full Costco convert here. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but yes, the Cardu. This is a uh, fourteen-year natural cask strength, finished in wine casks. Oh. And what I think I I do love a good Scotch finished like in a wine or sherry cask. They did these as it was supposed to tell some big story. This uh, uh, 
does it say what? Distilled, matured, and bottled in Scotland. Special release 2021. The Scarlet Blossoms of Blackrock. Is what this one was uh, labeled. As our fable goes, upon a hill of blackened rock grew a mysterious tree with scarlet blossoms of irresistible charm. Their sweet aroma of honeycomb and spice was so alluring it transformed the dark hill into lush abundance. Where crimson petals had fallen, a distillery took root. The spellbinding scent filled the air, infusing Cardu with its distinctly enchanting character. Gaelic whispers of the black rock <laughs> shapeshifted into the eternal Cardu of today, conjured within the misty eminence of Manoch Hill. The spirit beckons with a familiar allure. Perhaps it is the signature of pioneer Helen Cumming. <clears throat> really? <laughs> who's, Sorry, I'm a child. Whose deft and delicate hand distilled an illicit whiskey by the cloak of darkness. Today, a mystic magnetism still exudes from every drop. In this golden malt. White grape, which explains a lot of this. I got a huge, like, I don't know, like a bright was a big, as soon as I like got the, got a nose of this, I was like, this is like bright white wine. Uh, white grape and lychee aromas frolic with melodious fruits and meadow flowers composed in wine seasoned wood. It has a heather honeyed sweetness. Fragrantly, it charms with a creamy, smooth texture and perfumed taste. I don't get perfumed off of it. Uh, enriched by lush red berries, smoother, still with water. Uh, the finish carries a pinch of white pepper like a single blossom. This cardu is remarkable to behold. And it is a gorgeous label. Mm -hmm. Like, amazing label. And it's, you know, saying bright is the first thing that comes to mind when I hit the nose of this. As soon as it said white grape, I was like, that is one of the things I was getting in it. Yeah, you don't really get, there's a great malt character in it, but there's no, like, not a lot of the, what we look for in scotches, because I will say we're, we're a bit of uh, the Isla whores. We, we want the peat. We want the salt. Give it to us. And there's not a lot of that in this. As, Spe as in there's yeah. none. Speaking of which, um, I'm not a fan well, of this. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. Really? I was getting ready to ask, what, what did you think, Brittany? But there we are. I mean, I, I, it is like rich grape and honey. That sounds good. I think it's great. I like it. Uh. Well, okay, so Brittany, do you not like it because of those particular flavors, or do you not like it because uh, because you're wanting uh, like a peatier, smokier? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I. Yes to both. That's fine. I just. I. I. Per I well, I was going to say I prefer the Isla scotches, but of some of the scotches I've had, Isla is you know, my go-to so far. Yeah. Granted, I haven't tried that many, but um, I'm just not about like 
There's a definite sweet character to it. Definitely taste the honey. And I'm like, I, honey makes me think, like, I, I'm not a fan of mead either. And it, it's like that, I don't expect the sweetness in, I don't know, really any whiskey. Because even, like, bourbons and stuff, you get, like, like a butterscotch. And, like, I guess I'm expecting, like, a Bourbon. richer kind of flavor. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, bourbon will have, like, a very, like, vanilla and a corn sweetness to it sometimes. But but not the, this... You, like a yeah. this is like a wine yeah. sweetness. Yeah, I was gonna say, but that also gets sometimes covered up by by the alcohol burn. So mm. this but, definitely isn't smooth either. Like it's, it's oh no, it's it's, it's, it's scotch. Yeah. yeah, it's smoothness. If you want smooth, you go to Ireland. Yeah, uh, the scotch isn't there. meant to be smooth. Well, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna rein that statement back in before <laughs> Jim like strangles me. Some scotches are very smooth. And very delicious. Yeah, I, will. I just meant generally the the conception of scotch. Yeah, you you would you would assume that it is uh, it's usually a much much more flavorful flavorful experience and gonna have a bit more bite. The Highlands where, will be as we learn yes. this episode. And this uh, we have to say this this whiskey is a Speyside, so it is technically. Highland, since Speyside exists within the borders of the Highlands. And this, like, so if you wanted to pin this on the map, it is drifting out almost into the eastern Highlands is where this distillery is. Okay. Which is going to be why, like, it's pretty far removed from the culture of peated whiskeys and that the salt and all that. And this is in that fruitier, sweeter mm-hmm. area. So, like, like I was saying, like it, the Highlands tends to blend in, like the different subregions towards whatever, you know, other region is near it, and this is, you know, right up against Speyside and the East Coast, so it's, it's pulling that. Yeah. If I may, Brittany, what you may want is the Obon Fourteen, <laughs> uh, as it is a Western. Uh, uh, a Western Highland uh, uh, single malt coming in at about 40, uh, 43% ABV. It's going to have uh, flavors of uh, orange peel, smoke, sea salt, and honey. You had me at smoke. Yeah. yeah it's gonna, it, it is a much smokier one. That, like, it is closer to an Isla than, than, uh, than I, I assume what you, what you guys were having. Yeah. Uh, but if you sit there and kind of like let the let the whiskey kind of linger for a minute, you will get a lot of that uh, uh, get a lot of that uh, uh, sweet like that honey sweetness and uh, just like a hint of like citrus. It's it's what I've been drinking today. Uh, uh, and when I realized how close it was to uh, um, uh, Isla, it's like that region generally, I was like. I see you. I see why. <laughs> and I think that's that's probably my issue with this one is just like I that that is my jam generally of like I like the the richer tones <laughs> like the the vanillas the 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 smoky stuff the caramel you know what I mean like mm-hmm. when you start getting into honey and like floral notes and like the white grapes and I'm like okay 
this has this has like a bit of a honey finish. Like it has a sweetness that kind of like stays on there, but you're gonna get front loaded with like smoke and peat. Yeah, and so um, if, if maybe honey, not a whole lot of peat, but you're gonna get you're you're get that smoky smokiness. When honey's like, I don't know if it's that's that seems like it's balanced out, I guess with you know, or maybe overshadowed. I don't know um, by the other the more the stronger flavors. I'm going to get you guys some some Oban for, for a gift at some point. <laughs> because it's, uh, because what you need is more whiskey on your shelf. Oh, yes. And you can see behind mm. me, we need more. The shelf is about to buckle yeah. under the weight of... <laughs> my my metal shelf off in the distance, I can see def- very, very definite bowing on every shelf loaded with alcohol. Yep. But, oh well, what are you going to do? Drink it, I guess. Um, That's the problem. There's just one of me. There's two of you. There's also a, a, a small child here that takes up a lot of our. See, three of you. He can drink too. <laughs> it's funny. Like the shelf is very much within his range. He could affect that shelf however he pleased. Throw things at it. Just pull bottles off. He pays it no attention. Yeah. It might as well not exist to him. I'm like, well, that's good because I don't know what to do with the bottles otherwise. Yeah, he's he's got a few few years before he uh, he stumbles into that. Uh, well, uh, today's really ep- cover who's gonna... I say today's episode is uh, brought to you by uh, it was written by Chris. Hi. With some sources from uh, thewhiskeywash.com. Uh, Paste Magazine, uh, Whiskey.com, Michael Jack's Complete Guide to Single Malt Scotch, and Doers.com. And if you want some great resources like that, you can go to HaveADrinkShow.com or follow us at uh, HaveADrinkShow on social media and Twitch.tv. We'll tell you you where we're finding stuff. You can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback at... uh, uh, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or use the feedback page on the website. Um, spoke signals, they work. Uh, Pete signals. Pete signals. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> we see some let me see some Pete signals out there. Uh, you know, if if you tune into an old uh, a staticky, distorted, non-paid cable channel. Uh, and you sh- and you 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 look at it at just the right time. I can see that. So. <laughs> All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly and to tune in for post shows. However, uh, our editor decides to get those to you all. They're attached to this or separate or whatever. Uh, they're out there if you want to hear us talk about the whatever the the popular. Thing that the Zeit. people are watching is, I think uh, we're gonna. What the zeitgeist is yeah. that that we give a couple weeks because I'm usually behind. Yeah, we're usually behind, uh, but somehow we've stayed caught up. It's a uh, it's a miracle for us. But I think we're gonna talk. Hey, about look, this. we're we're up to we're up to date right now on a Disney Plus show. That's a first. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, we're gonna talk <laughs> about some some Obi Wan's. I... I put pants on and walked into a different room. 
Actually, that's a lie. I waited till my roommate was gone so I could sit on the couch without pants. But <laughs> all right. Well, uh, aside from the post show, you can also check us out on the next live show um, in a couple of weeks. And also remember again to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show um, or the store that still needs updated at have a drink store.com. Uh, hey, and I think you can still get those uh, yes. holiday shirts and sweaters. Probably. Shut up. <laughs> All right. I, you know what? I want to go buy one right now. <laughs> All right. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Here we are. One, of course. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Sorry, I was busy fixing the template so Brittany didn't have to worry about it anymore. I mean, I ha- I have to help, otherwise I have no value. We're we're through it. Like it's stamp on. It's it. for the it's for the future. <laughs> Way the future. Way the future. Uh, sorry, that was an aviator joke. Um. Anyway. Okay, so I was trying to find the Scottish dude's TikTok, and I was hoping he'd have something on like saying something about Scotch, but he's like he's got so many videos in here. I swear, freaking everybody follows him on there, but um, because his his jam is the like, people are like, say this, say this, <laughs> and then he says it in his you know Scottish accent or whatever. I've never seen oh. this one before, and I'm ready to fuck it up. Here we go. Forty-three thirsty thundering. Fuck. Forty-three thundering fucking. Thirty, f- why am I saying thirty? It's thirty, thirty-three thirst. <sighs> thirty-three thirsty thunder and further breads thump. Spat over the camera. Thirty-three thirsty thunder and further breads. Why can I not thoroughbreds? Thoroughbreds. Thirty-three thirsty thunder and further further breads. Thirty-three. It's a so it's some kind of challenge. The actual wording is thirty-three thirsty thundering thoroughbreds thumped Mister Thumber on Thursday, and he's like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> I do like. Give me the, a drink. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, a very fun uh, subreddit. It's the uh, R Scottish Scottish people Twitter. Mm. Mm. And it's pretty fantastic. And there's like tweets on there. I love it from people in Scotland. They're like, you know, we drop the accent when you all aren't around. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a show. Uh, or the uh, finding, you can find it, the uh, uh, Harry Potter in Scots mm. English. <laughs> and it's glory because it is a different. Different language. Oh, God. Could you find that? Uh, I know there was a video of it that was floating around. I wonder if that's on TikTok, too. So I'm, I'm putting a thing into our uh, our group chat. Uh, 
for uh, an image I saw on Facebook this week from from someone, and I thought you all would appreciate. Waiting for <laughs> there it is. Impossible. <laughs> no one expects the Jedi position. They don't. Uh, Except the Sith, who fully expected it. That's true. We are... So... Uh, uh, we all got for me today. Sorry. Uh, beginning the, I guess, the transition to, to the post-show topic, uh, uh, one, of my, one of my D&D groups was discussing that uh, in, in the future... Not not super near, but in the future, uh, they are wanting to do a a Star Wars RPG. And in the group is a tra- from what I what what they had told the the, the DM a Trandosian mechanic, a Ewok Force healer, and a uh, Sand Person sharpshooter. And I went, so no one can speak. Yes. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm going to play the Jedi face of the party. <laughs> He's like, thank God, I needed at least one Jedi for the plot to work. Uh, 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 I will fall on this lightsaber for you. <laughs> I, want, I want someone to justify uh, some canon uh, point of an Ewok uh, showing any... Force, force sensitivity. Yeah, I don't. I don't find it. <sighs> I. I mean, it's honestly. I don't think in the actual rules, but you know, let's let's let him have. Let's let the guy have some fun, I guess. Uh, but he's also coming from a culture that does not have technology, so he's going to like be coming from a place of like sticks, like from 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 like Neolithic era Stone Age technology to hyperdrives. Uh, I, I believe it's just what no we saw it's beyond their comprehension. They saw mm-hmm. a droid and assumed it was a god. Correct. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting, I guess. Uh, but anyway, Kenobi. Kenobi. That was that was you know sort of our our, our growing segue to Kenobi. Pulls heavily. Uh, from the Star Wars role-playing games from the early '90s. Oh man, the I still really love the 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 D twenty Star Wars RPG <laughs> that uh, written by was like the head writer and designer on that was Chris Perkins of Penny Arcade D and D fame, writer of. Ah. Hmm, the monster manual, I believe, is the one he wrote, plus a few other adventures like uh, Dragon Heist and, some other, and Curse of Strahd. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Kenobi. Uh, for once, I'm I'm caught up on a on a Disney Plus show. It's it's a Christmas miracle, guys. Did we did, did we talk about the first two episodes mm-hmm. last time? We did. Okay. Because I because you had I, seen the I, first one, but not the second one, and we we were trying to be like. Meh. Oh, okay. So we got to pick up on the second one because. Oh, uh, that's fair. Yeah, you were. I, talking... I watched. I watched the second one the next day. Because it was 
me biting my tongue because you're going, oh, Obi Wan, he's he's the greatest of the lightsaber ever, and I'm like, he was. <laughs> and look, okay, I I'm going to posit that I described the opening as as a very unforgiven kind of vibe, and you don't want to poke the bear. Eventually, Kenobi's going to get his groove back. Yes, as we as we as we've seen, his his groove has started to come back. Uh, but there's a lot of trauma in PTSD that is uh, that is a neighbor, that is hindering kind of where he's at right now. Yeah, rightfully because, so. <laughs> so we had the so in the second episode, I'm trying to remember everything that happens. That's... But by the way, I have I have put to everyone uh, who who I know has seen the show the discussion of is is he trying to be stealthy stealing that meat for his animal or is that like baked into the cost of working <laughs> right. and i i have gotten a basically a 50-50 answer of like i yeah. mean maybe they're not paying i was like they can't not be paying attention yeah they it's... tossed one guy out they have to be like all right we're just docking your pay and everyone like if there's such penny pinchers that they're cutting everyone's pay to the degree that they suddenly did you would think they'd be like, no, you're not, because it's like a huge hunk of meat that he steals. Yeah, it's not small. <laughs> I mean, it's I a good know. few pounds of whatever that thing is. They anyway. keep referring to it. Um, Space salmon. The uh, Let's talk about Star Wars. as the He's the sashimi harvester. <laughs> <laughs> God, I want sushi. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, second episode... Um, they Leia gets kidnapped by Flea. That's the end of the first one. Second yeah. one is uh Bale comes to Obi Wan is like You Yo. you see Kamel Nanjiani. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. That's what we were trying to shut up about. Yeah. I, I as soon as I saw him I was like, that's what they were talking about. He's a yeah, he's a fake uh hustler pretending <laughs> to be a Jedi. I did love how quickly Kenobi just went. No. Magnets and, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, because a lot of like the simple, like it is the 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 weird huckster spiritualist of, of our day of like, oh, the tables move during the seance. Yeah. Yeah. You've you're you're popping it with your knee. Calm down. But when push comes to shove, we find out he's like he's true to the cause. Yes. And he kills a bounty hunter to save Obi-Wan. And then is like, no, dog, you got to go. I've already set it up for you. It's like, yeah, we're taking their money, but we really are helping these people. Yeah. Uh, and then he um, is immediately confronted. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, he gets you know third episode. They're on that the, on the planet with uh, Zach Braff, alien. Right. Yeah. Because uh, I found that out after I'd watched like. Is that supposed to be Zach Braff? Yeah, you can tell. In yeah, the, not could, in the least. It didn't even sound like him. No, is the thing. but you could tell it was supposed to be a guest. Yeah. But the whole time you're just like, who the hell is that? It sounded more like a Seth Rogen, Norm MacDonald yeah. kind of voice than it did his. So I was like, what? It? Uh, but uh, that was interesting. Also, it was interesting because it was an alien that's like, Pro Empire, who are very racist, yeah, specious, whatever. No, that's just a racist. Yeah, they're 
Space racist. You know, it's just what they are. And, Space and it, racist. We, we do get the great, and not really, I don't know, Obi-Wan trying to knock the dust off of uh, his skills. He's kind of sucking a little, but still through happenstance manages to cut a man in half oh. with a laser gate. <laughs> well, I mean, like that's all like like hand-to-hand stuff he's doing at that point. Yeah. Uh, and using the, you know. Uh, uh, you see that stormtrooper falling towards it, and you're just like, oh, God! Oh, oh! <laughs> yeah. Uh, episode two also has, um, no, that's episode three. Episode three has, uh, um, the, oh, actually, I'm going to backtrack because I was going to say in episode two, there is the, the, there's a contrivance I, I kind of don't love is kid Leia just, they had set up as she's not, you know, not trusting Obi-Wan, but like the, the the reveal of like they're after him not her doesn't make me doesn't make me scream a small child is going to run from this from this man yeah uh, but whatever uh, in episode uh, in episode three when you have the uh, you, you see this sort of like underground railroad of Jedi. I was going to say, yeah, that, I think that was episode three, wasn't it? Because that, yeah. that's also when Vader is like... We see Vader you know. just like killing <laughs> yeah. everybody and like choking, dragging people behind him. We get that look. They, we get well, I was going to say, before you get to there, you see they, they mention Quillen Voss, who I was like, that's some deep Star Wars. That's some, like, I was reading comics of that guy like 20 years ago. Ex- uh, a lot of people are expecting him to show up in this series. I don't want him to. I want this to be. I, I don't want like. Oh, look at all this other like. No, no, no. You can just say the name and move on. Vader should be used very sparingly. He needs to be like. He he needs to be like practically in the background. I do not want to see him every episode. Well, yeah, and we at least haven't really, except the first episode we have, and the second episode. No, uh, second well, episode ends or, with him. Do you count the back to tank thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that also counts. Oh, and then okay. you see him in the third episode. Him in well, fourth. and then then the fourth. Maybe yeah, he's in everyone but the first. Because you get if you got Hayden Christensen to come back, you're gonna absolutely. use him. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I just mean like he needs to be. Uh, it's not so much that he is he is always there in the thing. So like I, I don't disapprove of how they're using him. I just mean that. As it's going on, I'm just like, you, you don't overuse Vader. It when is. When they do use him, it is to very good effect. They made yes. it frightening. He is the Vader from Rogue One. That <laughs> yes. Vader that is just brutal. Oh, and just, he's killing people for no reason other than he is annoyed that Obi Wan is not in front of him right this second. Yeah. And he, he well, you know, I guess it's the assumption that he could, like, force him out by killing people, but he's just like, I don't care. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I and mean, a that's... lot of the, I do like, so the, they face off briefly in the pitch black so that the lightsabers really put a massive glow on it. And they even demonstrate in this, you know, since Obi-Wan's so rusty with his saber, he's not used to the light of it. And the light from his own saber is like blinding him. Yeah, there's like so and, much in that whole 
a set of scenes early. Yeah. Well, and it's also like it's 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 the rusty. It's the he's he's finding a person that he thought was dead. He's pressing a lot of feelings at that moment. And the best he can do is just not get cut in half. Mm. He still gets uh, his face shoved in the dirt and then drugged through fire. That fire should have burned him a lot more than it did. Yeah. Like I'm looking at that like he's screaming like that's at your face. Your hair should be burning right now. It's in the fire. We're we're crossing uh, Sander Clegane ground. Right. Like that's I'm like, like I get thermal drag. It's not that slow with an open flame and your face. Yeah. Especially when it's a chemical fire. Yeah. Uh. However, I will give uh, uh, I'll give a uh, uh, current series MVP is uh, uh, Ramba Rana. What, what's the the oh, the Riva? Riva. Riva. Oh, she's the, the... so cool. I mean, she's horrendous, but she's awesome. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, no, not her. Oh. The the, uh, the underground one. the underground railroad person. Oh, I thought Tala. R. Hmm? Tala. Tala. I don't know why I thought it started with an R. Um, no, her, she is like, yeah, pretty much the only reason anything is going right. Yeah. Uh, it just shows they're slowly bringing everyone from Game of Thrones into Star Wars. It's fine. I mean, it was, she was kind of the only good part of the Dorn story arc, except the fact that she also explicitly shows the bad part of the Dorn storyline. And they, well, okay, they chopped all that out of the show because the Dorn storyline is... The Dorn storyline in the books? Amazing. Dorn storyline in the show? Oh, yeah. Garbage. Sorry, I was was, was talking explicitly the show, not the... Yeah. I mean, could we get Lena Headey in Star Wars? That's fine Mm. to me. She, I don't know what she would do. She'd be for the Empire, obviously. I don't know. Lena Headey is, is great. She's great in Dread. He's great in Game of Thrones. Uh, stops there. I I can't think of other things I've seen her in, so I'll stop there. But she could be a good I mean, villain. I just don't. She no, not in Star Wars. Uh, no, I will say the the the, the uh, one of my complaints is uh, the entire Inquisitor organization pretty bad at their job, just <laughs> top to bottom. Yeah, no. Like even 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 third sister who's like, oh, look at this clever plan I have. She's always this close to losing her shit. Yeah. Like the the arguments everyone else has against her are correct. She is bad at her job. They all Uh, are, though, like in (laughs) it's they're so inept at their job, like the whole like, oh, you have this top secret, you know, base jutting from the sea that is a giant phallus and it, you know oh it's secret there's no shields because who would dare attack it <laughs> they're a secret organization that everyone knows about and has been infiltrated multiple times by jedi in the exact same spot it's like oh yeah motherfuckers just be swimming in now, um, my roommate did ask me uh, today because he he he'd, he'd 
I told him I had watched it, and he was like, "What do you think about the uh, the all the Jedi they collected?" And I was like, "It seemed dumb. It didn't make sense, and it seemed dumb." I need explanations for yeah. Or, yeah, what it, I, I could explain most of it until I saw the child. I was like, well, the Inquisitors didn't exist before this random child was caught. Yeah. Because that's a kid from... That's a good point. You know, yeah, I was like, that doesn't make any any sense. Why is he And they're just the trapped. Like, they're essentially, like, trapped in amber. Like, if... They're not... Yeah, why are... We can extract some dino DNA out of them and... Make it Jedisic Park. <laughs> oh, God. but whatever. Uh, the plot of it, I thought was fine. There's just like there was a couple of bits where I was like, "That's weird." Oh no, there's some like things that don't make sense that are horrible and kind of campy, and we can get to the two Jedi in a trench coat. <laughs> how how is no one seeing them? It's great because it's like just as the audience, you the audience are like, really, really, no, no one sees this. That's when Reva walks out and is like, "Is nobody seeing the old man and little girl in a trench coat?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> the only way that could have been campier is if Leia was on top, it was like on his shoulders in a hat. Yeah, like that's not weird. <laughs> So, uh, also, then, I had to look it up. Lena Headey apparently has done a crap ton of voice work since, like, mm. like she's been in a bunch of like, like animated stuff and whatnot. Uh, new rock stars. We were watching their breakdown of that episode, and they also point out in the background there's a oh. whole unit of stormtroopers marching directly into a wall. <laughs> they're like, there's nowhere they're going. And they're, they're like they get to within like two feet, like it's showing the shots, and they're marching like to within two feet of a wall directly at it. And they're like, "What is with this?" <laughs> they're like, "I get it. They just probably CG'd this in there to be like, there's you know, there's a lot of people the hustle and bustle, yeah. yeah, yeah, background stuff going on, but like, but they're just marching into a wall for no reason." <laughs> uh, yeah, the the I will say this one was probably somewhat weaker than other ones there was some like really cool parts i love trying to rip information out of like uber force sensitive leia who's just like are we in a staring contest right now oh she that every scene with her in this episode she's talking mad shit throughout the whole thing <laughs> yeah uh and uh she's just like i'm a kid and you're an adult and you can't do what you like to do <laughs> you can't break me how good are you at your job? Uh, She's like, I'm going to show you. You, you could, most kids, you can give them a lollipop and they'll tell you whatever they want, whatever you want them to know. Can't do it here. You must really suck. Uh, But the, uh, a little bit different. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The, the, (laughs) I thought it was kind of dumb when Obi-Wan rescues her in the dark. The lightsaber kicks on, he kills the one guy, and then he turns it off. The other guy's like, where'd he go? Yeah. Where'd he go? Buddy, you know he's in the room. (laughs) Like, he can't get anywhere. Well, you just saw him kill your friend. I would be 
listening <laughs> for footsteps at least. <laughs> They're stormtroopers. I mean, that's like yeah. the bar is pretty low. Uh, uh but uh it just seemed extra dumb for for a thing it didn't need to be quite that dumb, I guess, but yeah. Uh, I liked the ocean thing. Like him the, holding back the just, like drowned now and but yeah, the the Tali character is wonderful cuz I'm the like when she first gets to like the security guard dude, she's like and you will address me as sir cuz I am your superior. Like, that was that was cool. It was undercut by like when she gets called out by someone else, and then she just knocks him out in some open corridor. Yeah, with other officers around, and nobody notices this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was like, we don't know where. It's like, fine, I handled it. Did you? I feel like you've not handled something because someone's gonna walk by and go, "What happened to this guy?" I don't know. Last I saw, she was talking to him. Yeah. Like so, honestly, she lucked out that uh, that the you know the big bad came to ask her questions. That was good too, actually. Though it's just like I know that yeah. you're a spy. She's like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> oh wait, what? There are parts of that that were like actually really solid. It was that was a, like a good like what what do you do when you're a spy and you're caught like as a double agent? You pretend you're a triple agent. Yeah, we uh, even deeper. But like just just the bit before that was like I knocked a guy out and he's over there. Although Obi Wan straight up murders a guy. Oh yeah, he murders a stormtrooper. Not oh. like like oh I I cut this guy with a lightsaber. Knocked a dude out and just put him face down in the water. Yep. Oh yeah. If he didn't snap his neck before that, like because you just see him like float in the background. I was like, all right, Obi Wan's killing a guy. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in the Clone Wars, he just killed droids, more or less. Yeah. Outside of that, his death count is like Darth Maul. I always equated him to Samurai Jack. A lot, <laughs> a lot of killing of robots and <laughs> just cutting robots. Uh, what else from that episode? I mean, yeah, again, like any of the Leia stuff. I I like Riva, and I I do kind of, but I'm really wanting to know what her her deal is like yes everybody's going on about like she's probably one of the kids from the first she has scene. to yeah she has to be otherwise why show that first scene why yeah. does she have such a personal thing against that, obi-wan that's the thing is like i, I there's got to be more involved i feel like than just oh you left us or whatever like it, it's mm. yeah like i i want there to be more of a uh a thing with that but I'm also just kind of like, well, they'll either do it or they won't. But or uh, like see the everyone's like, oh, they're going to show it. And then everyone else is like, no, I don't want to see it. Like maybe he comes back and uh, saves, you know, we see Obi-Wan rescuing Grogu and like not getting her or being like, we'll come back for you. And then they never come back for her. Well, no, because he never he he goes to the temple like after everything's over. Yeah, like, but it's um, so after everything's done and settled. But was that the first time he had come back? Because in Revenge of the Sith, we see him, you know, setting the message, telling the Jedi to stay away. But what mm-hmm. happened before he's setting the message? 
Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, we have two episodes to figure some basics out. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I guess part of the problem is just like they've 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 made you know they've done a good enough job of making an antagonist that I just do not like. Yeah. Which I think uh, a lot of people confuse, like, because that you have all the you know she got harassed. Massively yeah, and all this stuff, and people. Oh, she doesn't belong in Star Wars. I don't like her, and blah blah. blah. And like, she's the villain. You're not supposed to like her. Like the yeah. fact that you don't like her so much actually shows how good she is. It's like uh, what's his name that played Joffrey. He made you hate him so much instantly, mm-hmm. like within two minutes of them introducing the character, you despised him. You knew he was just like. Pure evil, rotten to the core, not redeemable. And he did so good at it, he had to retire. <laughs> he had to yeah. be like, I can't act anymore because everyone hates me. It's, uh, look how far he's come from Batman Begins. <laughs> he had two on-screen roles, and he's like, well, I'm retiring. So didn't he like go to like theology school or something? Like, <laughs> he went to like something completely like not... Even in the same realm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of the problem with the internet is that there's a, there's minorities of people who can make other people's lives awful doing stuff like that. So, uh, anyway, uh, I, you know, th- again, this, this was an episode of like watching Obi-Wan kind of like grow or well, I guess kind of like get past some of his problems when like you know danger is afoot. Yeah, him realizing he can't he can't be that head in the sand, just you know stuck to Luke kind of thing. Uh, uh, which I don't know. It it, it was it was it was it was kind of cool to see, especially like as it, it was. I, I've spent a lot of time reading up on Star Wars lightsaber combat lore because I'm a massive nerd. Uh, and his his form is actually, uh, he uses form three, which is very good against lightsaber. Uh, sorry, uh, very good against blaster fire. And so him, you know, kind of knocking the cobwebs off of how he fought and you can kind of see him get better and better at it as uh, uh, people are shooting him in the hallway. He's just like, oh, right. No, put these back at them or targets I decide. Yeah, he deflects the one behind him to the sentry droid. and Yeah. Uh, Getting back into the Obi-Wan we know from the prequels. Now, that does not mean I don't think we're going to have another. Uh, I-, I would prefer not to have another Vader uh, Obi-Wan fight. We know it's uh, coming, though. I mean, probably, but what I would prefer is, like, Obi-Wan kind of, like, I mean, not 100%, but, like, you know, a little bit better, like, dealing with, with one of the Inquisitors, like, just just walk away. This doesn't have to be like this. I'll kill you! All right. <laughs> they, like, you know, cuts one in half. Ball was better. <laughs> they kind of whisper in there. Not even the worst one I've killed. Just need him to cut another one in half. <laughs> what he does, 
I want I want one of them to come after him while he is standing slightly above them. <laughs> and they look at him and like, I'll kill you. I have the high ground. I don't know how often I have to tell you guys this. Do not do what you are about to do. Yeah. Well, you're about to I'll just cut the head off this time too. Oh, stupid man. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. And you have After the, a couple uh, of years, we won't stand for that, will we? <laughs> have all the uh, um, Obi Wan and Vader in the back to tanks, like communing with each other, and that was yeah. It's all to me. Uh, like you want to get the. I did actually or... really love that scene, just because, like you know, parallels of like how how they're being, but also it's like they have. They have spent so much time with each other over the years that they they have a connection and and while they are you know in pain it's like you see you see what that felt like yeah mm-hmm. wasn't good and the whole time it, to me it felt like the Eddie Izzard joke of the the British dramas of people awkwardly walking <laughs> into rooms being like oh you're you're I'm, oh, oh I'm oh, oh I'll just oh sorry what is it, Sebastian <laughs> yeah. I'm arranging matches. <laughs> Very much like that. <laughs> Whether the back to tank. Oh, oh, you're experiencing personal trauma. I came to ex- to have personal. Oh, okay, I'll. <laughs> I should go. Yes, I think you better had. <laughs> uh, can't eat popcorn to that though. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Obi-Wan has been one of the, the, it's, it has been probably, I've enjoyed it more than I have, uh, Book of Boba Fett, and it's probably, like, tied with, like, The Mandalorian. Like, for, like, for, like, second thing I've enjoyed on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Number one, care to guess what number one is for me? There's, there's no way you don't actually know it. For you? Um, What, Bad Batch? No, I'm not watch Bad Batch. So I know, I know you liked Wandavision. You said said you did, but it was good. It was another thing I loved most. Of. It was on Disney Plus. Oh, it's not the thing I've, I've actively wanted to watch again. Oh, uh, Rescue Rangers. No. Oh. Ducktales. Nope. Beatles Get Back documentary. Oh. Okay, I actually wouldn't have thought about that at all. Wait, that's not <laughs> on Disney Plus. It is. It is. Yes. Yeah, it was weird because you. You guys could watch it at any time. Oh. You guys don't like the Beatles. That's fine. I just mean. I'm neutral on the I am. He doesn't. Like I am it. a. Yeah. I am a big Beatles fan. I thought that was on Apple. No, it's so, on Disney something Plus. Something else was on Apple TV Plus for that for like Beatles related. But yeah, it's, oh. I, I get where you're because that's where my head went to. Okay. Well. No, like uh, for 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 me, Get Back was. Hmm. It was so good. That's fair. Uh, it, it once I understood that I'm watching a ser- essentially security cam footage. <laughs> once you know you're not like like oh you're not going to cut to like you know a talking head about something. It's like no, you are just going to be in there watching the thing. Something I've got to get in. Uh, use your HBO Max account mm-hmm. uh, to watch the George Carlin documentary. Ooh, That's yeah. Out. Oh yeah. I still say you guys need to watch. Uh, Young Justice. They just finished their uh, their fifth season. I've got too much to watch. Uh, I managed to plow through Stranger Things season four, and then season four part two comes out July first. 
Adam has been watching that. I have still not watched any Stranger Things, uh, but he was uh, uh, discussing how season two is two episodes and they are like two hour plus episodes. And I went, that's a movie. Just just say you're finishing it off with a couple of movies. Don't so, no, the don't call it episodes. Part two is only two episodes and they've they've released the runtime of the final episode of part two when it's going to, it's like almost two and a half hours, but they're, they've said there's going to be a, another season. Like there's going to be a season five and it's going to be a time jump to, you know, finally explain why we have you know, 20 year olds playing 16 year olds. I mean, <laughs> we have 20 year olds playing 16 year olds because it's Hollywood. That's what you do. Mm. So they've done it for years. It's a, uh... Cast of Buffy you're lucky. Not even you're kind l- of teenagers. <laughs> you're you're lucky when they're they're like only twenty. You know, normally they're like you know thirty or forty. Or you find a hormonally stunted actor like uh, he's not really, but I'm just gonna say Tom Holland because he you look at <laughs> eternally like, like looks like a yeah you're like no he he looks like a kid and it's like that's yeah he's he's kind of older. <laughs> The 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 the, oh. the the most aged up Tom Holland looked in the Spider Man movies was at the end of uh, uh, No Way Home yeah. when he's in like a heavy coat in the winter. Mm. And then he just I was like, getting a that look that looks like a twenty year old man right there. Yep, because he just suddenly had to become a man. He had to become yeah know, that Peter A Parker <laughs> or Peter B Parker, whichever Peter one. B Parker, yeah. Peter B is uh, 616, which they have established is uh, <laughs> they established is the Marvel Cinematic Universe oh, number. No. It's not. It can't be because it's the comic book universe number and it, they are not, they are not in- the same thing. And I can accept that. You just have to give me a different number. I, you could say any, any string of numbers you want. You can't say 616. It was an Easter that, egg. That infuriates me. More than it, like, like, oh, look, the fans will love this. No, no, I'll burn your entire franchise to the ground. It's just an Easter egg thrown out there that that one universe had designated uh, the MCU universe as 616 so that comic fans go, ha. Ah. But no, no. It, it creates problems because they're going, yes, suddenly their minds are going, how, what? Which, which, like, in Spider Verse. Peter B. Parker comes from the 616 universe, which makes perfect sense because 616 Peter Parker has the shittiest luck. He should be that broken down, like 30, late 30s, early 40s guy. Like, yeah, whatever. I've got put on a couple pounds. I'm Spider-Man. I cry in the shower, whatever. (laughs) Wearing my sweatpants because my my pants don't fit anymore. Like, that that seems correct. To to do it in in like the cinematic music. Oh, this is six one six. I will burn your house down, <laughs> Kevin Feige. I'm gonna. I will find it. I won't. I won't do anything like that. But I'm just. It is. It hurt me to my core. I ha- I like. I I I have. I don't think. Probably says more about my my psychology. I've been broken up with and didn't hurt as much as when I heard that's the six one six universe. Oh, <laughs> you goddamn! Oh, 
Oh, how could you? You were the chosen one. <laughs> anyway. Have you, uh, did you see the, the Love and Thunder trailer? Not the most recent one, because I, I kind of want to avoid most trailers because they'll give me Act 3 information that I do not want. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's uh, how close are they going to follow the God Butcher storyline? Not uh, hardly at all. Yeah, because my not, guess. we're not getting the three the three Thors. Oh my God! But can you imagine yeah, three Chris, like hit Chris Hemsworth doing three like old and young? I'll I'll even accept like the weird Disney, you know, D age and extra age CGI for it. And you got the are they going to introduce the Thor Force and all this? And they won't introduce the Thor Force. I wish they would, but they won't. Uh, but because uh, like that, that's 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 the great thing with uh, uh, with that God Butcher story because you it starts out semi innocuously of like young Thor, Avenger Thor, and old Thor. Oh yeah, and and like young Thor, he's not worthy to lift the hammer yet, you know. And then you have like current Thor who's like, yeah, I'm just avenging it up. And then you have like old man Thor, like with like the eradicator's arm to replace his current one and like missing an eye. And he's just like, let's do this. I, I've become my father. I don't care. I have, I have stuff to do. Yeah. That's, uh, I had to go through. I found a, uh, uh there's a YouTube channel that I follow that they just do like all these big essential podcasts that are summing up, uh, plot lines from the comics and I did the one it was I think it was like two and a half hours to sum up uh Gore the God Butcher the storyline. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh I, I really want to read this at some point still. But I'll all right. You're gonna get some Oban and you're gonna get uh, uh some comic books. But I, I love uh, the I love the entire idea behind it where it's yeah the whole thing is and it matches kind of what we've saw in that first trailer where I'm going to tell you right now, Jason Aaron is going to be like your guy for 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 Marvel comic stories that that, that he's the guy who's doing that that run of Thor. One, Jason Aaron does some good comics, but like I feel like he does a kind of comic that he like specifically like I'm looking like Chris would love this. But it's a lot of Thor having to soul search because he encountered Mm -hmm. Gore before Gore was a big problem. And, yeah. and Gore lived after the encounter and it actually like hardened Gore's resolve that all the gods must die and he will do anything to kill them all. And it's just, you know, you get the old man Thor who is oh. reaping all the the punishment from it because he he can't end it on his own. He's left as the only Asgardian, just constantly fighting everything Gore's throwing at him. I th- uh, well, it's him and I think his three daughters. But yeah, uh, granddaughters. Granddaughters, yes. Um, that does remind me. Does the because you guys have seen the more recent trailer? Does because I know that they have a bit where they like they're showing what what we're assuming to be Zeus. They show Hercules. No, they it, yet. because because if there is an Avenger I want to see, it is dumb 
meathead Hercules. It Admittedly, he, he feels the same role as Thor, but he doesn't have thunder. He just hits things. <laughs> it's like, it's like what if Thor and Hulk were the same character? <laughs> uh, and like Marvel Comics Hercules is kind of the best. He's just like, oh, pretty the... How you doing? Uh, there, there is a. Uh, 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 they did a, a comic where they had uh, Hercules pretend to be Thor, and so Thor had to pretend to be Herc. And uh, as he was pretending to be Thor, he was like, "Oh, here you're among the Dark Elves, and the Dark Elf Queen is very impressed with you." And and Herc goes, "Is she? <laughs> How you doing?" So he's the Joey. He is no. He is he is hundred percent. Imagine a super strong Joey. <laughs> God, like that's that is essentially his entire character. He's just like, uh, can I punch it? Can I put my dick in it? If no, I don't know what I'm here for. And it 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 is a. I mean, there there are layers to it still, but it's like. He's a, at the end of the day, he's a simple man. <laughs> he wants to fight, or yeah. Well, okay. So we have two more episodes of Kenobi, and mm-hmm. now on Wednesday. So we have to like figure out our days because now Miss Marvel comes out on Wednesdays too. Because Wednesdays, um. So I look, I'll I'll get up to Miss Marvel. It is yeah, yeah. lower lower on my, my totem pole of things to watch. I might catch up with Moon Knight before that, but That's fair. I did watch the first episode of the Orville. Uh of the no? them bringing it the, back the, or the first the, the, the third season of the Orville, rather. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh and then I also did uh I I am wanting to watch uh Star Trek Brave New Worlds. Oh, everyone is loving that. From what I'm I've thinking. heard, it's real good, and I do have uh, uh, I, I have a ma- a way to watch it. I will say that. I keep but, hearing, yeah, like the everybody's going on too. Like the casting is like the actors are doing great, but I'm just like I don't know. I guess I'm so I was so in love with the Abrams movies with the, like that cast. Like, I mean that's fine. The only the only one they have recast from that is Spock, because Pike predates Kirk. Right, right. Same ship, just just earlier. Yeah. So you're not going to have a whole lot of crossover. Well, I guess they also recast Nurse Chapel. I did see like a scene on YouTube or something where they had like Nurse Chapel there, but that's that's decently deep, <laughs> you know, TNG lore. Yeah. Uh. I I do kind of want to see that, uh, so at some point I might try to watch some of that. But I I want to watch literally any of the Star Trek stuff. Like I we and the dumb thing is we Picard. have Paramount Plus. I've seen the first season of Picard, and I I love I love parts of it, mm. and there are parts I hate. Oh wow! I was gonna say when I saw the season two of Picard, everyone was just like it got. Fan servicey in a bad way, and I saw a clip of Picard by by the uh, season two by the very end, and it involves uh, uh, a internet blogger, Star Trek person that I I particularly enjoy, 
and I did watch that scene, to which I would have gone, that might be the only thing I probably would have had any interest in watching. What about Discovery? Uh, it's in like what the hell? Like I haven't I haven't watched it, but I feel like the, the from what I understand, the first season of Discovery falls in the trap that a lot of modern Star Trek does, which is they don't remember that it's supposed to be kind of a utopian version of the future. Yeah. Oh, like a, a utopian version with like yeah. still some problems, and instead they just went, oh, what if? our main character decided to like try to commit genocide. Huh. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, some, some friends of mine who have seen it was like this, this one tried to kill an entire species or at least threatened to. It's like, yeah, that's not great. Yeah. Not great. But I've, I have heard like season two on, it gets a lot better. Hmm. Uh, so you know what? Think... What if we, huh. what if we try to do like a watch party or something for for Brave New World? If I can find a way to make that work. I mean, we can watch it. We've got Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We subscribe. I don't know if you guys actually. Okay, I... you do too because it, yeah. we subscribe through Apple TV Plus. Apple so, TV. So yeah, you have, really, you have our Apple TV. It's, a, it's so you like have it. It, I have someone else's login for it, so I thought. Uh, you can use our Apple TV to get it because that's how we get the family sharing thing. So we get Paw Patrol. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Emmett's life. So there you go. Fair enough. Yeah, that's uh, the, we were like, well, that's, that's warranted at this. Point. I uttered it. I'm surprised he didn't just like sit up in bed. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Green means go. Rocky. 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 Chase. Paw Patrol and Blaze are, are his like things on that channel. <sighs> uh, but I was going to yeah. say, uh, six years ago today, if you want to feel old, uh, was the jury in your house. Wow. Oh my God. Six years ago, I, I made a, I made an ass of myself. <laughs> That's also t- when we met Jim. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Met Jim. We that, met Emily. Was that when you got... No, you met Jim before that, right? No, we met him. Because I that. don't remember Jim that night. You were you, you were you were out and about. I was gone. We met Jim. We met Emily. Yeah, that was when we were like, the Diamond Club became like a physical thing to us rather than because I, I remember. Yeah, I remember meeting W. Scottus one. I remember seeing him there, but I thought you guys had met uh, you had met him before that. No, that night was everything. Oh Jesus! Uh, all right, it was Fair. kind of a like uh, she couldn't control a jury, and we stepped well, in. You, to try and you couldn't control, control jury. Uh, she couldn't control jury, and you couldn't control me. And well, and we stepped in like trying to because there were like no one had reserved anything for all the places, and suddenly we're like, well, we're here early, so we're gonna try and you know, put these reservations in and get this all set in stone before everyone shows up and this all falls apart. And I don't know, it was a bunch of people trying to fly ahead of the crowd to keep it <laughs> moving. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that seems very diamond clubby. Is, uh, uh... I mean, it's a bunch of people who, who are passionate and care. Yeah. Like, that's the crux of it. Like, they care. we all care enough to make whatever it is happen happen. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, sorry, I, just, I didn't realize that was there. Were, there was that much, all kind of like confluence at the same time. Uh, Uh, but yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think um, that's that's gonna do. That will. It is late, and we 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 need to go to bed. Some of us have not slept uh, very much in the past couple nights. So. I'm so sorry. So a certain someone is like, I don't. He's he's had nightmares, and so he's like crying out in the middle of the night, and then at like four or five or whatever, and he's like, mom. See, now I feel bad for taking a nap today. <laughs> had I been home most most of the time, I would have taken a nap. <laughs> like, but I had my my hair appointment today, so yeah, you, you did, and it, it looked good. I saw the pictures. Thank you. Well, I, I also see you now, but yeah, but you can't really tell right now. I say so. she's across from me, and I can't hardly tell. Yeah, is it, it, the, you have to get in the light for the purple part, but she did it. Like, you can all... you can see a bit of it right now. Like it it, it 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 pops in like right about like you know right just above your temple. You can it, you know see a bit of the purple. I told yeah. her she should have done it uh, silver. I was literally thinking this week. I wonder how often Brittany has to go back to get her hair done just to get that 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 one bit kind of trimmed oh. down. Uh, well, apparently the the that part like the like the trimming bit of it. Um, she suggested every six weeks. I could do that for you. This time is like eight. I, weeks. I could. I've got clippers. We can yeah. Just... We. Well, to be fair, this time around though, like I made the decision to get more buzz. So like I've got the undercut now underneath, and it's like, which also felt you... amazing when I walked outside and wasn't like absolutely dying. You, you want you want less hair? I, I know how to do it. <laughs> You don't say. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's let's go ahead and hop off here, and uh, right. uh, we'll see everyone in a couple of weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye.